Howdy, howdy, howdy. My name is Eric. And this is Berto. And this is Totally Biased. Uh, we've had quite the hiatus, as we always do in the off season, but football season is back. Um, we're going to start, as we always do, with some spicy takes. Berto? Alright, my spicy take for the first episode, episode one of this season, is um, none of the top three in Heisman odds at Vegas right now will win the Heisman. So if you know, it's C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Caleb Williams, quarterbacks at Ohio State, Alabama, and USC. My hot take comes with a little bit of logic of, like, last year the hot top three were DJ Uyagalele, whatever. The Clemson Uyagalele, whatever. Right? Crap season. Uh, Spencer Rattler transferred, and uh, Sam Howell, who also didn't play well. So those three were done. And then if you go back the year before that, it was, uh, crap, I don't remember who it was, but Devontae Smith won it, and he was like 10,000 to one or something. And the year before that, it was uh, Joe Burrow, who was also like a million to one. So my spicy take, which probably isn't that spicy now, is uh, none of the top three. So like we, if you probably checked, Will Anderson is actually my bet right now. He's like fourth, but also Jackson Smith and Jigba could be there, or another quarterback could, you know, make a move. So, spicy take. Here, here's a here's a spicy take. Well, I'll, I'll piggyback off that spicy take. A quarterback doesn't go to New York this year. Doesn't go. Doesn't go. Dude, there's like five finalists. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. There, normally there's three, so we'll say in the top three. This last year there was five. But yeah, usually, but this, it's normally it's supposed to be three. Normally. It's supposed to be three. They keep expanding. They keep on expanding it. That's true. If three, right? Assuming right. three, there isn't a quarterback. Oh, that's spicy. I don't think that's true, but spicy. It's a wide receiver, a running back, and a defensive player. Oh, so Will Anderson. Yep. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Correct. Who's your running back then? Uh, that's a great question. Devon A. Chain. Devon A. Chain. B. John Robinson, whatever his name is. I, I think Zach I, Evans. I think there's a I think there's a number of running backs that could take it this year. So I'm Jameer Gibbs. There. I'm taking. Alabama. I'm throwing it out there. Tank Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby. You know, Travion Henderson. We've just named like eight. Travis Die. Travis Die. A lot There's of good like ones. A lot of these guys. A lot of these guys. All right. I think I think one of them goes. But you don't think in the top three a quarterback would be top three? No. All right. Let's get spicy. I think they're both pretty spicy. So well, I think the thing is that Bryce Young, Bryce Young won, and I understand how this is going to sound. It's going to be like yeah, doy. Bryce <laughs> Young won because there wasn't anyone more interesting. Last year was rough. Like, there just weren't any yeah. interesting players. You're right. You're right. I right? mean, Kenneth Walker was for a little bit, and then he kind of fell off. Oh, yeah, and then he dropped because yeah. they got destroyed. They got Michigan. destroyed, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think By he... Ohio State. Was it, oh, yeah, it was Ohio State. It was like 56-1 or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I think, the, I think the thing is, for me... I don't know. I just want to see it mixed up. It's I, a quarterback's award, also, uh, yeah. you know. We've but we've seen wide receivers win it in recent years, which is a plus. It is a plus. We know running backs have a tendency to win it. Yep. Um, you know, not as often as quarterbacks, but yep. uh, you know, and it's always fun to have a defensive player in the mix. They don't win, right? Yeah, but they never win. The mix. But if anyone can do it, I mean, someone the caliber of Will Anderson um, could definitely do it. Depending oh, on yeah. what, what he does this season, so we'll see. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I I, it, I think it's always more interesting when it's not quarterbacks. It's always quarterbacks, like you said. But I think Will Anderson should have been there last year. 
should have been in New York. Correct. He was like seventh or something. Well, Aiden Hutchinson was super overrated. Oh, 100. We've talked he wasn't about even that. the best defensive end on his own team. Correct. Ayo. Got him. Um, so so the, the problem for that hypothesis, though, is that you'll end up with a Devonta Smith, um, Mac Jones situation. Yeah. Where if Jackson Smith and Jigba is a finalist, likely C.J. Stroud is also going to be a finalist. Yes, that's Un- the idea. Unless the Ohio State passing offense is almost completely... Just just Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like, if he's got 1,800 yards and C.J. Stroud only has, like, 3,000 yards, yeah, then C.J. Yeah. Stroud is not going to be there. Yeah, if C.J. has 32 touchdowns and 22 of those are to Jackson Smith, but yeah. Also, you got to start calling that guy, like, JSN or something. Jigba? <laughs> I think in Jigba you can really know who we're talking is that about. We're talking about Jackson? Okay. That's not going to help. No. Smith is not no. going to help. It's got to be. In Jigba, in Jigba that one will sense. do it for people. I think JSN is what I'm going to do. You know, him. DJ? You know, oh, there's a couple DJ. Yeah. Leon Galele. Everybody knows. Know who that is. <laughs> Everybody knows. You know? But that's, that's still quite a bit of a mouthful. Yes. Um, but who but, knows? He may not even be starting at the end of the season. So. I mean, they're, they're saying he's going to start. They're saying he's going to start, but that, that one dude, Kay Klubnik, is very good. So, Also, Heisman odds are very interesting oh, um, at the beginning different. of the season. so All over the place. Uh, something interesting is, you know, as we were looking, we were looking at Heisman odds as uh, we were prepping for the episode. And uh, so Texas A&M is in the middle of a, a quarterback what, battle. battle, I yeah, guess. It's a QB battle. There, it's a two-and-a-half-man race, right? It should By, be a three-man, but... Yeah. It, it's really more of a two-man, right? Correct. So. It's it's redshirt sophomore Haynes King who was injured last year. He won the starting job. Yep. It's 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 what is he? A junior, redshirt junior? sophomore? No, he's 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 is older. Is he the same class as Haynes? No, he's older. I have to confirm. Anyway, that. I will confirm. This transfer uh, Max Johnson from LSU and true freshman Connor Wegman. Mm-hmm. Um, Haynes King is from an insider's perspective likely going to be. The starter. However, allegedly, allegedly, Max Johnson and Connor Wegman have higher odds to win the Heisman than Haynes King does, which is a which is interesting. <laughs> um, no, Max Johnson, class of twenty twenty two. Like his first year was twenty twenty. Okay, so they're the same class here. Yeah. So never not never mind. Max Johnson and Haynes King are the same age. There you go. They're the same age. As same as DJ. And yeah. CJ. And CJ. And CJ. And well, Bryce. And Bryce. There you go. All the same. They're all eligible for the NFL after this season. They are all eligible after this season. Yeah. Uh, do you... Okay, so we'll transition quick into... Do you see any <laughs> of them... Where do you see them in terms of NFL, like, projection? Which ones? Uh, from any of those, like, you know, just... CJ's going to go first overall. You think so? I think, well, I think it should be Will Anderson, because he's also in that class. Yeah, also course. a junior. Yeah, we know that. Will Anderson should be the first overall pick in next year's draft. Okay. He's the most dominant player. He'd be the most impactful to a team. But I think because quarterbacks always go drafted early, Last this past year, the 2022 year, was a bad quarterback class. This is a better quarterback Correct. class. They will spring for quarterbacks. I think C.J. Stroud is better than Bryce, but it goes C.J., then Bryce, um, I mean, last year was really bad. Yeah, exactly. It was really bad. Yeah, it's considered one of the worst. The year before was pretty decent with Lawrence and Fields, but well, that was that was also that was actually considered one of the better ones because it had yeah. five. It yeah. had 
Lawrence, um, Zach Wilson. Okay, I don't yeah, know how. Mac Jones. Trey Lance. Trey Lance, and Mac Jones, now starting. Yeah, <laughs> and Justin Fields. I was like, what the fuck? It's pretty good, yeah. It's pretty good, but uh, there was only one first-rounder last year, which is Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh, yeah. which we said is dude's fresh. Yeah, so, we'll see. I don't know about that one. Yeah, I don't know about that and one. And then it was like Matt Corral. Like, okay. Oh, God. Like, it was a bad class. But anyways, to the point, I think C.J. Stroud would go first. Then it'd be like Bryce, like second or third or whatever, and right next to that. And then DJ might have to transfer. Like we're saying, if DJ... DJ Wingalele has to transfer? Transfer like out of Clemson. Because that's also a kind of spicy thing. Oh, that's what you should have started with. I should have started with that. I don't think he's the guy. You think he's the guy? I don't think he's the guy, especially if he played like last year. He won't. He won't last more than six well, games. Yeah, this year. if he plays like last year. Last year he was dookie. Exactly. So. Well, what are you gonna go off of? He's only played fourteen games or something. So I mean, like, yeah, but but this is preseason, right? So we don't know what DJ is gonna do. Highly touted guy, whatever. I'll put it this way: he is on one of the hottest seats to perform. He is under the most pressure of a lot Bro, of. Bro, we're talking about we're talking about hot seats for for yes. for fucking twenty year olds. Yes, <laughs> he has the most pressure. Yeah, that's true. Like he knows he has a number one quarterback, true freshman in K. Clemmick right behind him at the two, like almost one B. He didn't perform last year. He was expected to, you know, Clemson expected to make the playoffs. Wasn't even close. After being after Trevor Lawrence, like you're supposed to be the next guy, and then you got the guy after Trevor behind you, like. He has a ton of pressure. I, I believe in DJ more than I think you do at this point. No, I don't I don't believe in DJ for a second. I think Cade will take that spot in like four games. I think DJ finishes this year out barring injury. But I think I don't think he's going to have a big upside from an NFL perspective after the season. And I think he would likely lose his job. And I think he transfers at the end of the season. Yeah. In the offseason. But I don't think But you he, think he keeps his job the whole yeah, season? I think right. so. I think Alright, fair enough. I think I think uh, Kate Clemming might start halfway through the season, and then obviously DJ has a transfer, so he's fucked. I mean, I don't think I don't. The thing is, I don't think this is a Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence situation. Like I think I do think that that's exactly what I, I was trying I know to. that's what you think yeah. it is. Yeah. What I'm saying is for I all the viewers who or all the listeners who weren't getting that, I was slyly trying to insinuate yeah, that. Yeah, Dabo has a history, right? Yeah. And we, he's done it before. You've done but it. But I think DJ is going to be better than Kelly Bryant was in that year, and I don't think that Kate Klubnick is it's as good as Trevor Lawrence. So I think the gap between the two is bigger than the gap between Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryant was at that time. Right? And that was also a messy situation, let's be real. It wasn't. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm just saying I think, as you said, there's a precedent there. Davo is not one to shy away from that. Yeah. If, if Clemson struggles the first couple of games, I think DJ, DJ's done. Um, I have to look up their schedule because I don't even know who they play right now. But if they have a, a, a like if they lose a game or two, like a decent game, like Georgia Tech, they should be Georgia Tech. So they play Georgia Tech game one. They play Furman, Furman. game two. Both those games should be no problem. La Tech game three. Wake Forest. Wake Forest. So their uh, first their first four they games should are, be fine. are cake. They should be fine. I mean, realistically, that's a four. NC State is the one where you start, you circle. NC State is decent. NC State is very good. The, mm, very good is. Mm. NC State should be ranked in the top twenty-five. They're not. Uh, <laughs> yep. Bro, you have all these bold predictions. I don't know. <laughs> all the spicy takes. But okay, so even even if like there the 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 issue. Also, is, I would I would have circled Wake Forest, but as you probably heard, Sam Hartman 
starting quarterback good at uh, Wake Forest is going to be out for at least a few weeks because he had a he had some med- medical procedure. It's kind of iffy right now, but they had a medical procedure and he's going to be out for at least a few weeks. Nobody knows how long. Okay, it's not a football related procedure, but he had surgery. That's all we know. Their but first... Wake Forest was in the uh, ACC championship game last year. They were. They were. I will. I mean, yeah. I think their first real test is probably November fifth against Notre Dame. Fuck, dude! You don't think NC? You don't have nothing on it. You don't think NC State is good at all? Uh, that and I. I mean, Florida State's Florida State's rebounding, duty. but they're still not great. Um, no, I take I, Mike State, Norvell will get fired this year. NC State at Clemson? No. Um, their first real test is going to be Notre Dame. I mean, their really only test this season is going to be Notre Dame and Miami, maybe. And then yeah. South Carolina might be decent. No, I think they lose. NC State, they might lose, depending. They'll lose to Notre Dame, they'll lose to Miami, and they might lose to Louisville. Well, I mean, Louisville, what I'll say about Louisville, this is just an aside, is um, Louisville definitely is not paying any players anything at all, mm. for sure. <laughs> um, so Got them. Don't. What I'm saying is, uh, don't. You know, I'm not telling you to do this. Okay, just don't look at their 2023 recruiting class. No, don't do that. Um, and tell me what makes sense and what doesn't. Anyway, but anyway, I don't know how we got into Clemson. We got to that because the Cade and DJ. Because after after CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, I can't think of the third best quarterback to go this next class. Like we said, Will Max, Levis. Will Levis might be the guy. Like I it's not going to be Max or Haynes unless if they're in the same class. Unless if they win at the job and have like a Heisman type season, right? Caleb's too young. Caleb's too young. Uh, Bo Nix is in the he's is old enough. Yeah, he's old enough. <laughs> but he's not. He, he won't be. I it. don't think he will be. I mean, no. Will Levis is might be the next best or the Miami guy. Is he a sophomore or junior? Tyler Van Dyke. He might be a junior. I think he's of age. Or a redshirt sophomore or whatever. I mean, realistically, I think the ones that we've mentioned are probably make up the top three or four rounds. Yeah. And then everyone else will be kind of random pickups beyond that. Right? They're saying Will Levis could be a first rounder. Oh, I think so. Oh, you think so? I think he will be picked up as a first rounder. Do I think that he will... Should be a first rounder? No. Okay, there you go. Um, it just... So, I mean, the thing with the quarterbacks in the first round, right, is it's realistically all dependent on the number of teams in the NFL who feel like they need a quarterback to fix their problems. Correct. So it's dependent. It's not necessarily about the quality of the quarterback class as opposed to the need for quarterback. Oh, yeah. Right, of course. I, I mean, that's just, you know... If well, that's a problem. Like you said, people reach for quarterbacks. So, like we said, who should be the first overall... Here's a better question. I said who I think should be the first overall pick next year. Will Anderson. Who do you think should be? Um, I think Will and Anderson... why is he not a quarterback? And... Uh, realistically, from what I saw last year in Ohio State's final game, Jackson Smith and Jigba there you go. could easily be a first. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if he like if he, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's going to have 300 and whatever yards a game like he no, had. No, but but if he has shows any of that this year, like you know, because a lot of the guys that were around him, Chris Olave, mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson, mm-hmm. like all these guys mm-hmm. are gone. He still has Julian Fleming. Right, but he was the better of the Julian between the two. Yeah, more productive at least. If he does what he did in that game, minus those two guys, this season, yeah, I think he goes 
possibly first. Yeah, I get to that. I agree, but that to the especially, point, especially if you're a, a Jacksonville who has number one pick, which yeah. they probably won't. But like, yeah. think of a team that's you know pretty garbage who might get first pick next year and has a who has picked a quarterback in the last couple of years, which is likely what it'll be like. The a Jets. Jets. Yeah, yeah the it'll Jets. be a Jets. Do you give Zach Wilson a target? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But they also have Garrett Wilson. They do also have Garrett <laughs> Wilson, which would be fucking funny. Ironically. What, realistically, what you need is a tackle. Yeah, obviously you need to get a no-line. But, yes. It's beside the point. But, yeah, I think he could. But, yeah, I think I think uh, Will Anderson would be yeah. one of my top picks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're getting to the same point that people... The, these teams, these NFL teams, reach for quarterbacks always. I mean, last year was just a bad class, but if you have a decent class, they reach for for quarterbacks. So, even though we don't think those are the best teams or the best players, CJ is probably going to go first, and then Bryce second or so, and then somebody's going to reach for a Zach Wilson, probably like an Anthony Richardson or some nonsense bullshit. I'm trying to think of another guy, Will Levis or something, you know? Yeah. So. Now that we're done with our bold takes, <laughs> <laughs> spicy takes. Uh, Seventeen minutes into the uh, the podcast, um, so biggest things in the off season realignment, conference realignment, conference realignment. Yes. So obviously Texas OU to the SEC happened last year. Um, it happened a couple a couple weeks ago, a year ago, if that makes sense, right? Happened yeah. right before SEC media days in twenty twenty one. That news broke. Yep. Um, there were rumblings of it beforehand, before it actually broke. Uh, for USC, UCLA, there was nothing. no rumblings. N- there were no rumblings until like the day of, essentially, yep. Yep. Um, when they basically said, "Yeah, this is like pretty much a done deal," and they're yep. going to have a press conference yep. to the announce. next day. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think we talked about this last year uh, when US or not when, USC, when OU and Texas. Did their whole thing a year and like two months ago, whatever it was, um, with their moving over, and we were thinking, kind of what this is with USC and UCLA of, what does this mean for the future of conference realignment, right? Like you go get Texas OU, who goes gets the next guy? Do we extend more and go get an ACC team or two, and you know start making super conferences? Now with this, I feel like this is just the next domino that happened, which is UCLA USC making the Big Ten the next Super Conference. Um, and now the question is, or kind of that thinking is, how far-reaching are these conferences? And are there only two in the game left? Or, let's say in like five years or ten years, whatever, in the next few years, is there only going to be two, like the Big Ten and the SEC? And how far-reaching are they going to be? Um, my thinking is, because Big Ten went... Like West Coast, right? UCLA, USC, California, and they have all the like Midwest schools type of stuff, like Ohio State, Iowa, Purdue, all that. Two also going to Rutgers and Syracuse in that area, or kind of going that way. Not Syracuse. Uh, not Syracuse. Syracuse, as you see, they could get Syracuse though. I was wondering I was going to get that. But Rutgers going that way. Um, they have almost both coasts, so I could see the SEC do some, some something similar. Uh, so Greg Sankey is quoted recently in saying that he liked the regionality he did say that. of the SEC currently. So I think from his perspective, really the only teams that they would be targeting are going to be ACC teams. However, the ACC is locked into their media rights deal Correct. until like 2036. Correct. So there's really nothing that 
you can do um, to to break apart the ACC or to For, steal people as far as we know right now. As far as we know right now. Probably without significant monetary penalties. Yeah, it would the other thing that the Big 12, or sorry, the Big 10 would have to, uh, to uh, realize is is bringing on, and let's say, let's say the ACC somehow gets out of their media rights deal, right? Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about them expanding beyond what they have now, which includes UCLA, USC, they want to increase value. Mm-hmm. Right, and if you're adding teams that that don't increase the value um, as much as they're being paid out, essentially, then they're not worth taking on. Correct. Right? So is is adding Syracuse going to increase the value of your product enough to offset how much you have to pay Syracuse? Right, because you're going to equally distribute the the revenue across mm-hmm, everybody. Mm-hmm. So is it, are you know realistically, are they adding enough value to your league at this point, right? Yeah, but it, like you said, it, that's exactly correct. It's it's what what brings that. But maybe Syracuse is the wrong example there. But what about Notre Dame then? Notre Dame. So there's only a few schools I think left on the table, right? And when I say left on the table, I mean not currently in the SEC or the Big Ten. Because there's only a few schools left that the SEC or the Big Ten I think would see enough value in in bringing in. Okay. The Oregon's, yep. probably the Washington, yep. um, probably Utah. Maybe right? Utah. they have enough. You know, um, BYU. You might be able to make an argument. They they have a pretty significant and and passionate fan base. I don't know about BYU, but other one, I, I agree with other right. ones. Um, Notre, Notre Dame, Dame of yep. course, Clemson, Clemson Florida, State, Florida State, Miami, Miami. and then it's like that's probably it. Because, um, I mean, most of them need to be semi-national brands. That, yeah, I mean, if you're trying to look at all the conferences. I mean, I think the biggest players that are still left are Notre Dame, Oregon, Clemson. Do you throw it? Like, what about the Big 12? What's left of the Big 12? Do you try to go get a Baylor? Or Oklahoma State? So the So here's the thing, right? Like I said, it's not. I don't. I don't think they care as much about on-field product. But Baylor will bring in people. Oklahoma State will bring in people, or bring but in no, viewers. No, because well, see, the thing is, Baylor doesn't have as big of a fan base, and they are not. They are not a national brand. I agree. They are very local, very regional. I agree. And even though Baylor has been. Top say, top four teams in the Big Twelve for the last, you know, half decade yeah. to decade, yeah. right? And I mean they've they That's played in the, in the championship game, right? Yeah. But are they going to add enough value to whatever league they join to offset what they would then be paid? I think those are the wild cards with it because I agree they're not the biggest brands, but I think Baylor, like you said, is a it's always a contender in the past five, ten years. Like, if you look before that, obviously not. But the past ten years or so, always a contender. Oklahoma State also, with Mike Gundy, always, almost always wins nine, ten games. Is always in the top fifteen, pretty much every year in the top ten years. So, I think you do have viewers there. But like to your point, is it enough to weigh out what it needs to buy them out? I just, I just don't think that, and. 
You because know, I agree. This, I agree with the other one. This is totally biased. Right? Yeah. I just don't think anyone cares about playing Baylor. Like, I don't think they, they even if they're I, very good, I, get where you're going I at. don't think they care about Baylor. I don't think they care about Oklahoma State. They care about, they care about Oklahoma. They don't care about Oklahoma State. Like, it's just not going, like, it's not going to buy pay-per-views or sell pay-per-views. I get like, you're saying, you get and I, I, mean. I get what you're saying, I get what you're saying, but I think if you go by the past 10 years or so, I think you have to include those, though. You have to make the argument with those because they will theoretically keep on winning and will be in New Year's Sixes or whatever, right? Like in these bowl games and be winning a lot of games. So I think people would start getting interested with it. Both Oklahoma State and Baylor. But I guess you're saying the bigger ones are Notre Dame, Oregon, Clemson, Florida State, Miami type of thing. Yeah. Like national brands. But I think you could get those couple there. But I don't know. The point though is like, well then if you get Oregon and Washington and Utah or whatever, does the Pac-12 just not dissolve then? And then also, if you get Clemson and Miami and Florida State, does the ACC just dissolve and then they're both not a thing? Or what What do you do with those? Um, I mean, so the Pac-12 commissioner has talked a lot about, you know, like, oh, you know, we're, we're strong. We're, you know, we're going to stay together. Yeah, yeah, they have to say that. Yeah. Um, I they mean, said that before with, USC, UCLA. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Even the thing is, without UCLA and USC, which is the Los Angeles market. Market, yeah. You have Stanford, but realistically, that's not the LA market. Um, it, I mean, it is, but it isn't, right? It's very yeah, much yeah. more niche, right? Without USC and UCLA, you miss out on one yeah. of the largest metropolitan areas in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Now all you've got is Oregon and Washington. You have to know that there's conversations going on at Oregon and Washington. 10,000%. To figure out where they're going. Utah is in the same boat. Yep. Right, they're trying to figure it out. Right, they're one of the highest ranked teams in the country. In if you you know the coaches poll, but you know someone said that Texas was the number one team in the country. So you Correct. have to you know take that how you will. Yeah, figure out if you actually believe in take of it. Take that how you will. Yeah. But I mean, I think I think the Pac-12 stays around for a couple years, and then I think we're going to see another round of kind of realignment in the next couple years. Yeah. Well, that's that's what. That's what the thinking is, and you're right, and the biggest thing with the Pac-12 specifically, well, I guess also the Big 12 with OU and Texas is, those are the bigger markets, right? So, it comes down to, to literally dollars and cents, how we talked about, but it's also because of the whole, if you've heard probably, the Big 10 just redid their yep. uh, media rights and all that nonsense with their um, TV providers and stuff, so they're doing... ABC, NBC, or NBC, CBS, and Fox. Yep. No ABC, no ESPN. So moving forward in the next year or two, whenever it becomes valid or whatever, that contract, all the Big Ten games will only be on Fox, NBC, and CBS. And so you won't have any ESPN games that can put Big Ten games. Unless if there's not like... So I think it was... Uh, or whatever. I think uh, Josh Pate... Josh Pate did too. ...talked about... Um, this is the opportunity for a streaming service Correct. to step in. Yep. And he gave the example of, you know, Apple TV, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got, now that, you know, NBC and CBS and all these took the Big Ten, yep. and ESPN has the SEC, SEC. Yep. you know, if you are Apple TV, 
or Amazon Prime, Amazon or Prime, or somebody, Paramount or you, Plus, yeah, whatever your streaming service, Hulu, Netflix, Hulu. like it could it could be something weird like that, like, yeah. and you want to get into that space, right? Yeah. Like Hulu has live sports, like that whole yeah, bullshit, that's the whole right? Thing. Yeah. Right. If they want it and they can pony up the money and get the exclusive rights to the Pac-12. This might be the era of the streaming service. Yeah, might be time to go get them. Yeah, right. Because you've got the two super conferences and you've got the lower conferences, which will still make money. Yeah. More regionally, but yeah, I think this is going to be the era. Again, don't like the direction that college football is going realistically in a lot of areas, but whatever. Yeah, but it is. It, we have to go through it. We have to talk about it because we're we're living through it right now. It's it's, it's inevitable at this point. We that's going to happen. Unfortunately, we have no control over yeah. any of it. So yeah. you can only document it. You can't yeah. like change any of it. I will say that the the my biggest gripe with the realignment as it is right. So Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC makes a lot more sense than UCLA and USC to the Big Ten, only because yes. it's much more regional. Correct. Um, you know, you've already got an SEC t- SEC team in Texas, yes. right? It you've already got one in, in Arkansas and Texas and Oklahoma is right next door, right? It's really yeah. not that big of a shift, correct? Right, especially the Big Ten after dark is going to be rough. Yeah, that's what everybody talks about. Yeah, I mean, it just so uh, as a USC fan yeah. in LA. Having to watch USC play Rutgers, right? And it's 11 o'clock kickoff, mm-hmm. local time. Yeah. I mean, are you going to get up for an 8 a.m. game that's UCLA going to dick down yeah. Rutgers? No, no. No one's going to fucking no watch that. that. But I, I, I agree, and I think and I think I've said on this podcast last year, whenever the OU or Texas, or even before that, maybe season one, way back when, that I always thought OU made sense to go to the SEC, and I thought Texas was going to go independent. You can fact check technically, but I've always said that. You did say that. I've always said that. I've always said that. And then I was surprised when Texas was with OU, and I was like, God damn it, half of my, what I said, half of my spicy take from the beginning mm. was correct, and the other one was way off. But the thing with that is I've heard also this argument of, what if the Big Ten goes and gets Oregon and Washington, right? And then the SEC goes and gets Clemson and Miami or whatever, or maybe another one, right? Um, and then we become these two big conferences and you have divisions in the conferences, and then you end up playing Oregon versus Washington and USC, UCLA, and Utah all together anyways. Is it really... Like, you're going to extend to then recompress again. Have you seen heard that one? Yeah. So, like, at the end of the day, you're going to be playing... Like, right now, they're talking about it. Will the SEC go to pods or whatever? And the pods they always throw out is OU, Texas, Texas A&M, and Arkansas... And then, well, they're, they're, from what I've heard, it's not going to be pods per se. That's what I've heard, but it's been thrown out there that if there were that pod, that's going back to what the Southwest Conference was. Well, let's describe what we've heard so far about the SEC, what where it's going, which well, is which is three. What we've heard is is three, three, uh, three permanent, three permanent, and then all the other ones rotating. Yes, the five or six, depending if they go eight or nine, rotating. But in this case, right, you would have Oregon. Who let's say Oregon joined the Big Ten? Yeah, right. The permanent would be Washington, Washington, UCLA, and USC. Yeah, if it was something like that, right? Well, shit. Now we're back to the like the Pac-12 the matchup, Pac-12. which I mean, which is fine because those teams are going to play every year. Like that makes sense. 
That makes sense, and that's where I think you're going at, like, the Big Ten or after dark, right? It's not a thing. It's a Pac-12 after dark, but Big 12 after dark. Rutgers fucking flying out to play USC or Oregon at Rutgers is midnight, but Oregon's, like, 8 p.m. or 9 p.m., you know, how does that work? Nobody's going to fucking watch that, or vice versa. It is an 11 a.m. kickoff in Rutgers or whatever. It's fucking 8 in the morning or whatever. Nobody's going to wake up for that. But if you then extend so far that you need to divide in within the conferences and then you get back to the same thing, is it not any different at that point? You make more money because of TV deals and you have, for the Big Ten, you have all the, you know, the North Coast or whatever and you have the biggest brands and all that. So to your point, USC makes more money that way and the Big Ten makes more money that way, but then you end up playing the same teams anyways. It's an interesting theory I've heard and I was like, that... It's kind of fucked up, I think. But well, and then the other thing that we, you know, is going to factor into this at some point is the playoff. How the playoff expansion Correct. or you know compression, I don't know, Correct. works out. Well, yeah, because if the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, Big Twelve don't become a thing, or kind of just do whatever this whole thing, is there only two, maybe two and a half conferences with ACC because ACC's schedule is just whack with their media rights and stuff. Yeah. I and mean, so if then, they expand to eight and they talked about doing the, you know, every conference gets an automatic bid, it's like, well, there's three of should us. the SEC have two auto bids? But then they also talked about that. They talked about that. Why don't you just do the playoffs like they do? I think we talked about this. They do like in the NFL, right? You do the two or so from each division in the Big Ten, two or so from each division in the SEC cross some semifinals, finals between them and then the two winners from most, both conferences. Yeah. And you have eight teams that way. Yeah. Two from the West, two from the East of each each conference play each other. Championship from each conference. There's a semifinal game for the final. Yeah, but I mean, that's also assuming that the SEC and the Big Ten have cannibalized more of the college football landscape. I think if Oregon, Washington, Notre Dame... Utah, and right now, Utah's Clemson. Not, not always a powerhouse, but, yeah, but Clemson, Florida State, Miami, all these teams, Baylor, Oklahoma State, if you really want to get, you know, um, all these teams, if they're still free agents, as in they're not part of either two major conferences, I don't know if that would play out. It's looking like it's gone that way. So the the thing is, if I do, if, would if, you if, say, seeing what you've seen so far, do you think it'll stop? No, it's going to continue, and I think the thing that we need to understand, uh, people need to understand, is that um, starting right now, I would assume that the recruiting for the Big Ten and the SEC will accelerate. Correct. And the recruiting for everyone else is going to Decrease. decelerate. Yeah. Right. NIL is a thing. Yep. But realistically, NIL is partially tied to. The money that the teams bring in and all that kind of stuff and the national branding of those teams, which yep. the SEC and the Big Ten are going to have a significant advantage over. So what do you end up with? Well, you're going to end up with atrophy for Oregon and for Washington and Clemson and Florida State and Miami. Like Realistically, those teams will atrophy because they. Yep. The, the, the issue is if you have even a, even a couple percent decrease in advantage from recruiting. It's over. But that will compound every year, and in five years, in ten years, 
they're just not going to be a destination that a recruit is going to want to go to. They're going to want to be in a power two. Yeah. Right. They want to go like we're looking at an era where, you know, this is like a prediction, right? Vanderbilt is a, is a more enticing situation than Oregon. Yes. Right. Well, yeah, the, 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 the joke that's been brought up recently is like, Thank God Missouri fans got in in 2012 when they did because they would be fucking shit out of luck right now. Like, nobody would be like, let's go get fucking Missouri. They're already in, so they're already in the best scenario better possible because people want to go in. But kind of going with that, do you think, who do you think is calling who? Do you think the Big Ten is calling Oregon? Oregon's calling Big Ten. Or, in the other regard, is the SEC calling Clemson or is Clemson calling SEC? Who's trying to get who or who's trying to leave who? I mean, I think it's probably mutual across most think it's of those. Mutual. Because right. to your point, like if Clemson sees the writing on the wall, right? Clemson's been dominating the ACC for the past, well, other than the last year, like six, seven years, right? Florida State, Miami are there, but Florida State's de- been down for ten years, whatever, six years, whatever it's been now. Miami's up and down, always like historical. Other than those three teams, like I don't know who the next team is really, like NC State, really. Um, Oregon, same thing, like. Other than Oregon and Utah, like, the Pac-12 doesn't have anybody, so is Oregon trying to get the fuck out because they know they could make better off of it? Or is the Big Ten like, yeah, we got to go get Oregon? Like, which way do you think it's going? Or is it just mutual, to your point? I mean, I think there's a lot of mutual, and I think it depends on the situation that you're talking about. And I also think that a lot of it has to do with even interpersonal relationships between ADs and... ADs. Between different... You know, conferences and schools, um, commissioners, and you know. So I think that there's a it's a very complex web that exists. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I think at this point, it, everyone knows at this point that Oregon is meeting, right? Their board of regents is meeting. They have to. They have to. Meet. To try to figure out what the hell they're going to do. The fuck they're doing, yeah. Right? Like, so is Clemson. So is Miami, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the minute, I think the minute that Oregon, sorry, not Oregon, Oklahoma and Texas yep. join the SEC, I think that set off, and we talked about it, a dominoes, right? Yep. The minute that happened, yep. pretty much, I would bet, Phone started I would bet, bet every school, yep. every big name school in any conference that wasn't the Big Ten and the SEC talked about it behind closed doors. Yeah. I mean, that you have to. You have to. And especially when there's the money that is on the table, you have to start talking about it. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. The, if you go from the ACC, which has dog shit media rights, yep. to the SEC, I mean, it's a massive, massive. increase. Massive. Huge. Yep. Right? And likely to grow. Yeah. Realistically, right? Yeah. You prove your product is yeah, you make good, it better. and then yeah. you you can get it at a premium in the future, yeah. right? The ACC, I think, uh, you know, by twenty thirty six, I think it's fucked. So I think I think uh, it'd be way before that. Oh yeah, I was say at least by twenty thirty six. Yeah, I think they're gonna twenty thirty six. It's gone. Oh yeah, it's gone. But there's gonna, no way it lasts. They're gonna buy uh, people before that. It's not gonna last fourteen years. Yeah, no at way. this rate. No, way. no. Two right. three years, Clemson, Miami, and Florida State might be wherever. But, I mean, it's because they've got the ACC network, right? And the question will be, you know, how how and in what way can they dissolve that media rights agreement? They're just going to pay it out, bro. SEC, SEC losing out in the Big Ten 
rights or whatever they're doing is going to push them more to just pay it up. I think because the SEC almost is going to or trying to help out OU Texas buyout whatever to get them in quicker. Apparently, it's not working out, but they're going to do the same. It, it's not going to be the same buyout for like Clemson and fucking Miami or whatever versus because the Big Twelve was OU in Texas, like yes. Then it was everybody else, so. It was harder to get him out, even though they did it, than Clemson and Miami. But this also adds to the whole idea, I know you've been going super long on this topic, of uh, you always, I said we've talked about this also in another podcast, it is like every team always thinks they can win, right? Like you always assume like the smaller teams can win. If you have these big conferences, it's kind of taken away from that. Because you're taking Texas and OU and then... To your point, you're leaving Baylor and Kansas and see, but the, we've Oklahoma had State. we've had massive arguments we have on arguments, this podcast about that concept. Correct, and I I adamantly disagree that because your statement it's is that always is that all always. FBS schools yes all FBS truly believe at the and beginning their of the goal season is to win a national championship because they can. And I guarantee you that is not true. <laughs> I always say. I guarantee you. It is and I not always true. say that's how we have to have the mentality because that's how you no, do it. Because I guarantee you, there's a lot of fan bases out there and coaches and everyone <laughs> who do not fucking believe. Because a Vandy out there can go undefeated and then win this championship and be in the playoffs and win it all. But if these media rights and these big super conferences become what we're thinking they're going to become, it's going to be that much more harder for the fucking BYUs to your point or the like, who the fuck the Kansases or. Whatever the fuck is in the well, Oregon as, State. As long as long as there isn't a purely mechanical way for them to get in, meaning like yeah, if, it, if you it, win, you have to get if you one. win yeah. twelve games. Yeah, there's not a requirement. Yeah, if you win criteria. twelve games, yeah. you automatically yeah. automatically there's no criteria yeah. get a a wild card bid in mm-hmm. the playoff or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no way. Because as long as it's subjective, yep. and as long as you're not in the power two, no power two, you're not going to make it. Yeah. Because I mean, you, we saw it with UCF. No. The the fact that Cincinnati wanted it or got in at all it's is still blows my mind. Incredible. But, I did not think that was possible. And we, yeah. but the next question I'll ask you, right, is so SEC is at sixteen now, right, or it will be in a couple of years. In two years. If the ACC were to dissolve, or it, I guess we'll, it doesn't have to be ACC, but assuming the ACC is able to be dissolved, what teams do you add to the SEC? Oh, you take Florida State, Miami. That's it. Oh, no Clemson. I mean, you can take Clemson, but how far reaching do you want to go? Because if I would go, you're just talking ACC. I think they take four. You're just talking. You're just talking ACC. I think. Any, you're talking both anyone. Sides. What about the Big Twelve then? I don't think they would take anyone from the Big Twelve. Okay. I think they would. The Pac-12, then. They want to go fucking get Colorado back again. Oh, hell no. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't think the SEC wants, wants... I'm saying the SEC takes... So just ACC. They go get Miami. No, it doesn't have to be just ACC. <laughs> I'm saying you, you dissolve the ACC, or you can. Like, and right, then the it, SEC gets top priority? They go get Notre Dame. You, like, I, what, are you, what is the question at this point? The question is, who does the SEC go after? Anybody they fucking want at this point. If they can go get Notre Dame, they would. Because that's... To be honest, and it's super fucked up because we know and we talk about this constantly on this podcast. Constantly. How overrated Notre Dame is. But Notre Dame is the biggest chip right now. Here's the if, if the SEC were to be able to get Notre Dame, it'd be game over. You know what's funny? 
is that Notre Dame being like a national brand. Yeah. I think Notre Dame being a national brand is very much a down downward slope. Why? Because they don't they what? Notre Dame being like a national brand peaked a long time ago. Correct. Because I think there was a lot going on with Notre Dame and the school that it is and how good it was, right? And so mm-hmm. much about the school, right? It had very much a national brand. It was it was all t-shirt fans across Correct. the country. It still right? is. If you were Catholic, you were like, fuck yeah, Notre Dame, let's go, right? Fighting Irish. Nowadays, that's not so much the case, right? Just because people are Catholic doesn't mean they, doesn't mean they vo- give a fuck. Yeah. care about Notre Dame. So the problem is Notre Dame just has the name and we know it because a lot of that generation is still around but it's waning like our generation doesn't we just are upset because Notre Dame's overrated all the time Mm -hmm. and they're overrated because that older generation is still overrating them the generation behind us isn't gonna give a shit about Notre Dame I don't know if I agree with that I think Notre Dame is 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 on its way out I I think it is a depreciating asset I get where you're going at but then you'd have to say the same with USC you have the same with Dame to Texas, the same with Miami. I don't I don't agree with that. What? I don't no, What's no, no, no. I get yes, in 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 like a t shirt fan situation, but I'm saying specifically the I think Notre Dame had such a national reach because of something that was not school related. I get what you're saying, but it's just the brand at that like I, well, yeah, at this I, point the brand you just think the brand is going to fail the, the brand is 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 devaluing you're just going to think it's going to fail eventually i think it's devaluing i think it's going to regress significantly then why hasn't usc done that because usc is still within a major metropolitan area it's still you know big in that sense i don't know i, I don't think though cuz i i think if that were the case then texas and usc and miami having been so bad the past 10 years or whatever would have devalued those national brands. And Notre Dame is still... No, but I'm not I know saying, we shit on I'm it. not saying about on-field product. I don't think that's necessarily You have nothing relevant. to do with on-field product. No, I don't think that's relevant. Because I was going to say, Notre Dame, even though we shit on them, they're always overrated. They still win 10 games constantly, so they still keep getting more fans. T-shirt fans, to your point, because they're on NBC. But I don't, I don't think they're getting as many as they used to. Right. Like, Correct. Like, so, so what I'll say is, I I think a lot of people probably know somebody in their family tree somewhere who is a Notre Dame fan for some reason or whatever. Whatever. Right? Yeah. Like you know a Notre Dame fan, and you probably are like, why the fuck are you a Notre Dame fan? But you don't think and this person is also a white man in his sixties. Oh my god, you had to go there. I was gonna say that, but I didn't want to go there. I, it's it's what it is, right? I it's like in that like. It's that area. Well, it's probably like the seventies or eighties. He's now. way older now. Yeah. But it's it's people who are in that range, right? It's probably you know you don't have to be white, whatever. But it's probably <laughs> someone between you know fifty fifty and older who still yes. see Notre Dame from the way that they were, you know, literally 40, 40 years ago. Maybe I get you're saying, but I still think Notre Dame is the biggest chip out there. I think so too. So if the SEC could go get him, that's who they would go get. I think they would stay more regional, but also because they they might try for Notre Dame, but I think the Notre Dame fits in so well with the Big Ten. Oh, I, I agree. They, I think they stay. There. I'm not saying they fit with SC, but if SEC had, oh, can we go get anybody? They'd go get Notre Dame. 
If they was like, hey, you can go and just, you will get that team, go get another team. So the reason that they would over a Miami, for example, is they already have a stake in Florida. Correct. Right. So they don't have a stake. Yeah. yeah. They don't have a stake in, Cle- in South Carolina, I guess, for Clemson's. Or no, they do. They have South Carolina. They, they have South Carolina. So they don't need to go get Clemson. They don't need to go get Oklahoma State or Baylor. I guess they can go fucking get Oregon. They're not going to go that far, I guess. No. So. Well, that would be fucked. It, like, <laughs> that would be some bullshit. Can you, you imagine Florida go. playing Oregon? Yeah. Like, no. Can you imagine how far the team would have to fucking fly? No, It'd be, be like absurd. seven hours. That'd be absurd. But, Notre Dame. I think they made Notre Dame. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well. I mean, we've got a couple of years to, to figure this out. More, more podcasts to talk about to get this, this shit figured out. <laughs> so let's jump into our predictions for next or for this season, right? And specifically in playoff predictions. And we're going to do it like um, the, the playoff voting where we're actually going to do our top six. And we're going to do, uh, we'll do, uh, we'll start with six, six, five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, of course. Uh, naturally. Naturally. No, we should do, no, we should do, you want to do it that way? You want to do six, or, six up or you want to do like one, two, six, or one, two, three, like six, five, like keep the four or five in the middle. I think it's way more confusing that way because we, <laughs> we're not going to have a graphic, you know, <laughs> specifically. All right, fine. Way, way, way too early. Significant Like early. we're like... Do not we're we're not counting this as us being intelligent or not. We could also amend But unless we get it right, then as, we can't. Yeah. Say. Whenever yeah, whenever we get these right, we're gonna just trap this, but we can also amend these twelve times or whatever during the season. So um you wanna start with six then and just go yeah. that way? Alright, number six. Do you want me to go first? You go yeah, first. you go first. I will take a hot spicy one and go Baylor number six. I think <laughs> Baylor is my number six as well. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> not so spicy. Not Get so fucked. spicy, I guess. <laughs> Get fucked. Um, I think uh, Baylor... I think Dave Aranda's the guy, to be honest. Um, I actually thought he was the guy for a little bit. He was really good at Wisconsin, D.C., really good at LSU, D.C. Almost went to A&M, actually, at D.C. Um, and then he got that opportunity to be a head coach, turn that shit around real quick at Baylor, and I think they're... You know, the way he, he, he coaches and play the game is... Very consistent, so I think he... I think... Also this. I think OU is to be down this season. Yep. With Brent Venables. I don't think... I don't trust him, Brent. No, I don't trust him, Venable. At all. Fucking crazy-ass motherfucker. No. They're going to go like 8-4, Probably lose Oklahoma State. Probably beat Texas. Probably lose to Baylor. He'll be be looking for a job in three years. Yes. I don't don't agree. I don't uh, believe in them. I don't believe in Texas hype either. So I think... Baylor and Oklahoma State again will be the ones fighting for it. And I think Baylor, uh, you know, I think Dave Francis guy. So I got Baylor six. Yep, six Baylor for me. I think with a um, depleted Texas and Oklahoma yep. for pretty much the same reasons. You don't believe in Venables. Yep. I don't really believe in Sark. Um, the Texas defense is going to be dog shit this year, and I do not buy into the hype yep. of the Texas offense. Yep. Um, I think Baylor is a more well-rounded team, and again, I think it's going to be Baylor, Oklahoma State. I think Baylor takes it, wins the Big Twelve championship game. I don't think they're unscathed at the end of the season, which is no, the problem, which is no. why they're number six. They'll go like I think they have, two. Yeah, they'll have probably two losses with a championship, which means they'll end up somewhere at six. Yep, yep. You want to go five then? I will go five. I have Texas A&M at five. Oh damn! See, I didn't want to be biased with it and put A and M on it. I almost put A and M. the show is called fucking. I know it's called what it's called, but I try to. Be so different. here's here's my 
had I, I almost had AM I had AM seven. I had him five, six, seven trying to figure it out, but go ahead. So this is the scenario, and this is going to affect some of the other rankings above it, right? So in this scenario, Texas A&M actually beats Alabama, mm. but they lose another conference game. Mm. They drop one they shouldn't, but they mm. beat Bama. Okay. Right? So both. So do Bama, they win the SEC West? Yes. They win the SEC West. Okay. Texas A&M and Alabama are both 11-1. and one, but, but Alabama doesn't get in, obviously, because A&M has a tiebreaker. Tie right? Um, which is where I'll stop. But... Okay, fair enough. Texas A&M. Fair enough. I understand where you're going with this. I have number five with the bounce back year, Clemson. I almost put Clemson in the top four, but I have them fifth. I think they will have a bounce back year. I think they probably will struggle somewhere down the road and lose one or two and be right there. Win the ACC, but probably go 11-2 and and something like that and be, you know, or 12-1 and and be right there in discussion. But I think um, even though I do not believe in DJ – I do believe in Dabo. I think Dabo will figure it out. Even if, like I said, DJ struggles a couple games early on and Cade Klubnik has to come in, I believe it'll be a Trevor Lawrence type thing where Clay, Cade is better than his predecessor and then therefore uh, they'll be able to go 10, maybe 11 wins regular season, go to the ACC championship win, and then you know be right there. Potentially, I, I had my 4 and 5 almost flipped also, but I'll go with Clemson at 5. All right, who do you got at 4? And then number 4... Almost should have been Clemson. I will put Utah at number four. I think Utah finally breaks through. Utah's been a good program for a while now. Uh, Kyle Whittingham, whatever, quarterback, or not quarterback, coach there for like fucking 12 years or 15 years now. Um, one of the most tenured coaches. Um, consistently does well there. And then they have the uh, quarterback coming back, Kim Rising. Um, I don't think he's a Heisman contender, but he's very good. Could be a sleeper right there. Um, so I think Utah will win the Pac-12 Pretty easily, the only team they'll have difficulty with is Oregon. They beat Oregon. They should go 11 and 1, 12 and 0, win the Pac-12. I think they get in. I think a Pac-12 unscathed or even with a loss should be able to get in. I think. Okay. Um, at four for me, I've got Alabama. Oh. Okay. Yep. Um, so for me, again, carrying on this narrative, yep. um, Texas A&M would then play Georgia in the. SEC championship, championship game. Yep. Um, in that situation, the reason why Texas A&M is number five is because A&M would lose in this scenario to Georgia mm-hmm. in the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. And because of the bias for Alabama, Alabama makes it into the playoff at number four. One you. loss to Texas A&M, and they make it in. I A&M at number five. Makes, makes sense. It was one of those situations where if A&M didn't play the SEC championship game, they would they'd be, be better in, off. Which, ironically, Georgia was in that situation exactly. like three years straight. This is why it doesn't sound so out of like crazy because yes. it's happened. It's happened multiple. All right, your number three. Uh, my number three is Utah. So for a lot of the reasons that you brought up, um, I think Utah takes the Pac-12 this year. Um, I just don't know if I believe in USC this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've got enough weapons. I think it'll be a good game. Uh, you know, I very much could be wrong there. But I almost just look at that as my Pac-12 champ yep. this season. But yep. I'm, I'm just kind of guessing Utah okay. right now. Okay, fair enough. Um, these are kind of similar, I'm realizing, ironically. Uh, number three for me is Georgia. Um, I think, and you'll understand here in a second, they will go probably undefeated or lose one maybe in the regular season. But I think they go undefeated in the regular season. And then... I think they will probably lose to Alabama. 
because I think Alabama's going to win the SEC West. I think they're going to beat uh, Texas A&M um, at home in Tuscaloosa. So it'll be, uh, once again, like a 1-2 in the SEC championship game, a 1-3, and then Georgia will lose. But I think because of what we've known and because of the past year or so or whatever's going on, they will still get in as a 12-1 whatever as like a number three team. Um, they have lost a lot on defense, so that is one of the things that potentially could it, um, like mess up with them. Also, they don't have the easiest schedule, obviously, in the SEC East, and then they're out of conference schedule, but I still think they make it in as a number three. Okay. Um, is it mine? Yeah, it's your two. Okay, number two. I think the one and two for me are pretty easy. Number two is Ohio State. Um, I thought about putting them number one, but I think they'll be number two. Um, bring back all their weapons on offense. Like we said, C.J. Stroud, another year net, was a first-year starter last year. He's a redshirt sophomore now, so he's a junior now. Second year um, was third or so in the Heisman. I'm going to take that and progress there. Trayvon Henderson is a sophomore now, running back. And then, like we've said uh, many times, J.S.N., is going to just make that next level. JSN. Yeah, I'm going to call him that. It's just too long to say Jackson Smith and Jigba without no, messing it up. Sorry, JSN. And then as we said, they always recruit really well at receiver. Julian Fleming, uh, Marvin, uh, oh shit, uh, Marvin Jones Jr., whatever his name. Um, and then like two other like wide receivers. They always have the top wide receivers, so that should be fine. Um, on defense, which was their problem last year, they went and got the D.C. from Oklahoma State, which is like a top 10 defense the past five years, so they should be better there. They have better players there. So I think Oklahoma, or Ohio State should beat Oklahoma State, one OSU to OSU, D.C. Funny how that works. Also, quick note, that D.C., the Oklahoma State D.C., I forget his name, played against Baylor in the or played against Notre Dame in his last game in the bowl game. And then he switched from one OSU, Oklahoma State, to Ohio State, the other OSU, and their first game is getting Notre Dame again. Ironic. That way worse. It's like Noel's or something. Noel's or something like that. Anyways, th- that guy's pretty good. So their, DC- their defense will be better, and I think they go probably unscathed 12-0, and 13-0, number two in the nation. All right. My number two is Georgia, right? And the, again, the scenario that I'm painting, Georgia um, would win the SEC championship game, beating Texas A&M. Um, and securing the number two spot. They would start number two and end number two in that situation. Um, obviously, they lost a lot of players, but they're still loaded. They have recruited very well over the last few years. They return their starter at quarterback. Um, they've lost a few offensive weapons, um, but they churn out running backs, so I'm not concerned no there. There's you know, probably 12 guys in that running back room yeah. that, you know, who knows? But um, they've got a stable of tight ends that, uh, you know, from all from all I can tell, is they're going to be uh, <laughs> quite the weapons this year. Um, Brock Bowers and Eric Gilbert, and yep. I believe there's there's more That's in more. that stable as yeah. well. But those are the some of the bigger names. Um, I anticipate that Georgia's going to ride those guys um, as well as yeah. their you know their other skill positions in their defense to a SEC championship game and a number two overall at the go. end of the season. Number one for me is Ohio State. Um, I anticipate this is going to be a down year for the Big Ten, mm-hmm. um, and I think this is an up year for Ohio State. Um, I think they're returning too much um, firepower um, on both sides of the ball for uh, any of these other schools to really compete. Uh, Michigan, you know, made it to the playoffs last year, but um, I just don't anticipate that is going to be the case again. 
I believe Ohio State's going to you know have their way with Michigan this year, and yep. I think they're going to wipe the tables with the rest of the Big Ten. Yep. And they're going to win the Big Ten, um, and they'll be number one overall. Yep. And then I have Alabama number one overall. Everybody says this might be a rebuilding at Alabama. They lost a lot of players, but they lose every players every year. They lose running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, O line, D line, linebackers, safeties, special team guys. I don't know. Doesn't matter. They'll regroup. I think they'll go run the table 12 0, beat Georgia, probably closer game, game against Georgia, but still win it all or against them and then go in one overall. So that's why I have Georgia three still getting in over like a Utah or a Clemson uh, type team, but that's where I have Bama. So. I guess to recap, my top six uh, goes in order: number one, Bama; number two, Oklahoma or Ohio State, OSU, Ohio State; Georgia, number three; Utah, number four; Clemson, five; Baylor, six. And then your top six: Ohio State, Georgia, Utah, Alabama, Texas A&M, Baylor. So ironically, we have the same top four, except Bama is one and four separate for us, and then everybody else is. One in the same order, Ohio State, Georgia, and Utah, but one through three for you and two through four for me. So, yep. All right. Um, I think that I think six. my thing with Alabama is that last year the number of sacks that that O line allowed was significant. Yeah. Right. Um, and my thing is they lost Evan Neal and they added the. Uh, the tackle from Vanderbilt. Yes. Right? And from all I can tell, that tackle is not a replacement for Evan Neal. Right? And so that O-line was bad already, and you're now downgrading. So it'll Fair. be, can they keep can they keep Bryce Young's jersey clean? Fair. Right? Um, they also team, have a ridiculous recruiting class, so... They do have a ridiculous recruiting class. sophomore we don't know about could step up. But part of the reason why I bring this up is because Texas A&M has the most... Correct. Ridiculous recruiting class of all time. Correct. Right? Most of that was from the D-line. Correct. Right? A&M, you know, this season at least, is po- poised to have probably, you know, arguably one of the, the top or the second best behind maybe Clemson D-line in the country. Correct. And it depends on how some of these true freshmen, you know, how they actually evolve. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when... AM goes into Alabama. If this, if these D line, you know, Walter Nolans and Shamar Stewart's and mm-hmm. um, Labius Overton and, you know, so many of these other guys, more than I'm not even bringing yeah. up, yeah. those are just the true freshmen. If that D line can create the enough pressure mm-hmm. on Bryce Young, I think that gives Texas AM a shot. So you think AM will beat Bama back to back? Yes. First time uh-huh. anyone's done it. But since Hugh Freeze. I'm gonna say at since Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss did it. Yep, since since Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss. And then other before that, I don't know if Saban's lost two to the same team. Uh, no, I don't think so. It's only been those two for Ole Miss. Yep. Yes. All right. Interesting. Interesting. We will <laughs> figure out if these are even remotely correct at the end of the season. But I don't think these are that far off. But we'll see. We'll see. Yep. Um, and just to to clarify, we're gonna have a. We might have an interesting recording schedule over the next few weeks. <laughs> um, so I've, I've got some travel that is planned, so it'll be interesting. But we're gonna we're gonna see what we can do to get get everybody uh, the content that they so desire. Yeah, everybody wants um, it. 
you know, out the door, um, especially the first couple couple actual weeks of the season. So, um, but you know, welcome back. Welcome back. Should be a good season. Should be a good season. And uh, we haven't talked about how we're gonna close episodes yet. We haven't. Who's your husband pick? Who's my Heisman pick? Yeah. Well, I know who to say to steal yours. No, no, not a, not a sleeper, not where I would put my money on who your Heisman pick is. Um, I think my Heisman pick is going to be, if I had to put money on it and to, to try to guarantee myself, right? C.J. Stroud. Okay, that was my pick. Damn it! Yeah, C.J. Stroud is my answer. Damn it. Only because I think he's got the weapons and I Correct. think he has the least resistance. Correct, I think so as well. Right. Not like a sleeper. Like if you want to take a money pick to like maximize your profits, I'd go like Will Anderson or JSN. If, if, if you're stealing your parents' money to make picks on Heisman winners and you cannot lose, then that would be the one that I would recommend. Yeah, basically. Jackson Smith and Jigbo, or I would take Will Anderson. If you're probably. trying to maximize your gain, yeah, Will Anderson. Or go find uh, to Eric's point a non-quarterback lower on the list. Will Anderson, <laughs> Jackson Smith, and Jigbo would be a good option as well. Bijan, I guess. Maybe uh, a Bijan. Maybe a Zach Evans, Jordan Addison. Devon A-Chain. Devon A-Chain, yeah. Because yeah. you don't think any of them are going to make quarterback. Quarterback's going to make it. So. Nope. There so, there you go. There you go. This free money, guys. Free, free money. Free money. We're giving again, away free money here. Again, do, we are not legally <laughs> <laughs> liable if you lose money. Um, but this, is, this has been Eric. This was Berta. And this is Totally Biased. See you next week.